Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another disappointing installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman, the other disappointed, disgusted half of the Locked On Texans duo. This is your daily Texans talking news podcast, your team every day on Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by the good folks over at Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people would ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season has been different, but Pepsi has been here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. Ladies and gentlemen, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Mondays are for what, listeners? Uh, game recaps. And that's where we're headed on today's show of 13 games this year. Cody, we've had, to your point, nine disappointing Monday shows. But Cody and I are ready to discuss early on, and then we're going to discuss the defensive performance that allowed 36 points to the Bears. And lastly, we're going to dive into the offensive performance from Sunday's matchup. Some quick game notes and trends for from Sunday's 36-7 loss, just in case you didn't have the opportunity to catch the game or you just forgot what happened. I don't know if anybody forgot how bad that game was yesterday. Texans had a plethora of players who were out this Sunday, and Cody will get into that later. Heading into this game, the Chicago Bears only rushed for 89.6 yards per game, but leave it up to the Houston Texans to let them run wild. Bears rushed for a total of 169 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per carry and one touchdown. Cody, was this Miss Trubisky's revenge game or remind game or – I don't know, resentful game? Maybe that will, that's what it was yesterday, the resentful game by Mr. Trubisky. The Texans' defense, and I'm making sure I put an emphasis on the Texans' defense allowed him to throw for 267 yards, three touchdowns. And at one point, Mitchell Trubisky was 18 for 21 for three touchdowns in the first half. The secondary continued to have a bad outing as Allen Robinson destroyed them mainly from short Intermediate passes, catching nine receptions for 123 yards and one touchdown. Offensively, Houston was nothing short of uninspired, as the interim head coach Romeo Cornell said. Watson was sacked six times, never had a chance to get going in this game, never establishing a real rhythm. The Texans' offensive sequences went punt, fumble, punt, touchdown, which was caught by Kiki QT, a safety and a punt than the end of half. It was never much in this game to build on offensively, but that didn't mean that it wasn't a lot to take away from this game on both sides of the ball. Bears had 18 first downs in the first half. Texans only earned eight. I think the highlight of the presser after the game was hearing Cornell admit that they played a lot of zone against Mitchell Trubisky, who's a limited NFL quarterback. And that's what I wanted to kind of start my day off with, with the show. Mitchell Trubisky is a known limited NFL quarterback and they allowed him to pick apart their zone defense. And the quote of the presser for me was 
from 99, J.J. Watt himself. And he said, I quote, we never once made Trubisky uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable watching that performance. And for me, it was the uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to watch Watson go back out there after getting hurt on a play that wouldn't have made a change in the outcome of the game on a play that you decided to throw the ball on when you're on the two yard line instead of running the ball with Buddy Howell, who made an appearance yesterday. The entire product was purely uncomfortable to watch. But to the Texans defense, I do want to say that it was actually Deshaun Watson's decision to go back out there. Um, He talked about it during his post-game press conference, and he said as long as he's healthy, he's given this organization and he is given this city everything that he has. So I just want to throw that out there because after he got hurt, well, literally he wasn't really hurt. He just hit his funny bone on that play. We all know how annoying that can be. But in the words of J.J. Watt, this was an embarrassing outing for the Houston Texans. But at the end of the day, I do want to say it's kind of hard to take away a lot from this team because so many guys were just out and they just did not have enough pieces to compete with. Just take a look at the guys who were out. We're going to go down the whole entire injury report. And then we're going to talk about the guys who actually got a little bit banged up in the midst of this game. You came into this game, of course, without Gary on Conley, who has been out the whole entire season. Will Fuller suspended. Bradley Roby suspended. David Johnson, we found out that he was out because someone in his inner circle actually tested positive for COVID-19. As of right now, he is testing negative, but due to... NFL protocol, they need to be out for, I believe, five to six days. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see him return next week. Brandon Cooks was ruled out with a neck injury. Pharaoh Brown, concussion. Phillip Gaines, out due to a shoulder injury. Those were the players who were already put up on the shelf. During the game, Justin Reese sustained a hand injury. Duke Johnson and Charles Adamanihu, both of them got a little bit shaken up. That actually caused them to sit out a, a couple of drives. I just talked about Deshaun Watson. Brandon Dunn, as of right now, we do not have any updates on his injury, but he sustained a hip injury. And the way he walked off the field made kind of made me believe that that was a pretty serious injury. So I just wanted to illustrate, regardless of how you feel about any one of these players that I just named, more importantly, i.e. David Johnson and Philip Gaines, the Texans were trying to compete with a number of their key guys and starters either out or banged up. And regardless of the team or whoever might be on the sideline calling the shots, not too many teams in this league can win a game when you're depending on your third string or your practice squad players to go out there and perform. So was this game embarrassing? Yes, by far. But let's not get a little bit too carried away about the performance that they had because so many guys were out. What I will say is out of everybody you mentioned was out. None of those names were offensive line starters. The offensive line for the second week in a row got abused. And I mean everyone. Laramie Tunsil had a bad day. Titus Howard had a bad day. At what point do we see the removal of Zach Fulton? I mean, there's no purpose being served anymore. So uh, to your point, yes, I love your the, the, what you're making, the statement you're making, and maybe this is just me being combative, uh, but you are right. There's not many teams in this NFL who's already struggling, might I add, to be able to win a game or have a good performance when you have so many starters out. My only statement to that would be the offensive line was still intact. They allowed seven sacks today. 
And another guy who actually played, and he was just as bad as the players who did not play, was Whitney Merciless. And we're going to get into this defense and Whitney Merciless on the other side of the break. But between the never-ending laundry cycles, the incoming emails, I hate those myself, you know, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, the kids want pizza, your wife is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. And there's thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings your food, your craving right now, right to your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked on. Simply download the DoorDash app in the App Store and code locked on. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, Johnson, sports guy Hickman. Hey, guys, be sure to check out tomorrow's episode of Locked On Texans as John and I discuss the two coaching candidates the Texans are rumored to have interest in. And apparently, Cal McNair will allow Deshaun Watson to have some input in the Texans' coaching decision as Watson spoke on being part of the personnel search following Sunday's embarrassing loss to the Chicago Bears. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I mean, that's that, that you should be able to at least say, you know what? You have been sacked 180 times since coming into the league in 2017. I know you're tired. We're tired. Help us help you. And, you know, I mean, hey, that's, that's what you need to do. Can't wait to talk about that tomorrow, uh, this entire GM and head coaching search. Uh, but Whitney Merciless in the defense, defense and Whitney Merciless, Cody, pure disappointment. Am I right? I mean, or – I mean, you saw the tweets. You responded. Man, you know, whoever comes in, I hope that they can find the real Whitney Merciless because I'm convinced that Merciless has been abducted and replaced after signing that $54 million contract extension last December. And look, John and listeners, I know it seems like almost every single week after every single game, I come on this show and nearly spend five minutes talking about how frustrated I am about the disappointment of Whitney Merciless. But his performance as of late is just flat out unacceptable, especially when you are getting better effort from guys like Terrell Adams and Jacob Martin, especially from a guy like Jacob Martin, who's not even seen the field as, as Whitney Merciless. John, listeners, for the second week in a row, Whitney Merciless have, has recorded. What now? <laughs> he has recorded. Say it one same, more time. He has recorded <laughs> the same amount of tackles, sacks, and quarterback hits as you and I. Oh, and well, if you, he did have one quarterback hit on Sunday. He had one. Oh, so he had one quarterback hit. Okay, he had so one. Please I would give him his credit. My apology. But if you by any chance... Let's say tackle the friend, tackle the significant other, your children. And by the way, if you are making these tackles, I hope you're doing it in a playful manner. If you're doing it, you know, in a vicious manner, uh, then something hella wrong with that situation. But at the end of the day, if you by any chance made any tackles within the last two weeks, you have already been a more productive football player than Whitney Merciless himself. And 
while everyone is upset about his performances over the last two weeks, let me show you how irrelevant this guy has been in general. Over the last four weeks, Whitney Merciless has recorded a total of two tackles, no sacks, and one quarterback hit. And guess how much he is going to get paid by the end of this season? $12 million. And now, let me just compare Whitney Merciless' last four weeks to a guy by the name Demario Davis, who plays the same position for the New Orleans Saints, who is making somewhere around 3 to $4 million less than Merciless. And I actually consider a fair comparison. His last four weeks, 32 tackles, one sack, four quarterback hits. I'm not the one to count people's pockets. And I just want to say this. I am a, I am 100% an advocate for players getting paid, especially NFL players who I believe are still underpaid for how dangerous this game can be at times. But in Whitney Merciless case, this literally do not make no damn sense for him to be this ineffective on the field, especially when you consider the amount of struggles this Houston Texans front seven has been going through this whole entire season. This team has to start putting some type of accountability on Whitney Merciless performances or lack thereof. You kind of got to feel sorry for him a little bit. I mean, I know you're making millions of dollars doing pandemic. How can pan- you feel pandemic, sorry for this guy? But he didn't sign. He didn't. He didn't come up with that contract. He wasn't. I mean, he he wasn't given that. Somebody had to give him that contract. Somebody had to type this up. And he just uh, just so happened to say, "Oh wow, okay, I guess I can go ahead and make this money because I'm I'm pulling the Houdini trick right now. Pulling the wool over you There's no reason why." Uh, uh, Kelly Warren has more tackles than him uh, yesterday. Uh, last week, it was someone else on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and, and But here's the thing. Here's why I said we have to kind of feel sorry for him. There should have been a coaching adjustment a long time ago in the season where we were seeing uh, Jacob Martin take more snaps. I mean, Jacob Martin in, in less snap time, and I mentioned it last week, I think he hovers around 36, if I can if I can, can remember correctly. He's more productive when he's out there for the job you're wanting him to do than Whitney Merciless. So it wasn't Merciless who just wrote the contract, created it, and signed it himself. It wasn't. It was more so Jacob Martin. But I would like to say this uh, from the defensive end. Zach Cunningham and his lack of awareness when dropping back in coverage and shedding blocks has been – Pretty bad this year, to say the least. Uh, his lack of shedding in yesterday's game led to Alex Bars, number 64, uh, the offensive guard for the Chicago Bears, getting to his spot, blocking Cunningham, and boom, Montgomery busts off for an 80-yard touchdown. Also, a 14-yard gain on first and 10 at Chicago's 21 to Allen Robinson because of terrible zone coverage technique and his slow awareness. We have to look at who he has coaching him and – because you have a such such a high tackle rate, those numbers can be very misconstrued. Because yes, you're getting a lot of tackles. You're also missing out on a lot of tackles, and a lot of those tackles have been finished off with somebody else around to help you. So you're getting those assisted tackles, but there has not been an elevation to your game 
for the contract you've gotten. And that's the issue with Wendy Merciless. That's the issue with Zach Cunningham as of now. Now, he's a very young player, and we know he has the opportunity, the potential to get much better. But he can't cover now. And it's been shown week by week. I mean, he may have a good player here there, but he cannot cover. But we have issues like that on the defensive side of the ball. And then on top of that, I can't wait to talk about before we end the show what other issues we have, too. We talked about the defense. Now we're going to have a dive into the offensive side of the ball. Why did they only score seven points? Why were they not able to establish real rhythm? So we're going to talk about the offensive side of the ball next. But before that, I want to tell you guys about who built bar. Got my bars in the mail last week, and I absolutely love them. Trying to work out on containing my appetite, controlling when and what I eat, keeping good snacks in my body while I go throughout the day, because sometimes my day can be pretty rigorous. And that's where Bilt Bar comes in. They have the improved Bilt Bar, which is even more delicious, sir. No, that's not a word, but Follow me, if you will. 18 amazing flavors, which include the caramel brownie and the cookies and cream, two of my favorite. Now, I did get some from my mom, and she loves the lemon almond cheesecake. Also, the 12 original flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter, mint brownie, orange, and coconut. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. I'm not lying. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet. Free cooler with the purchase while supplies last. And this will only last for a week or so. So be advised. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I wonder when we're going to have that really big blow up where everything starts to leak to the media. I wonder if we're going to have a Deshaun's completely not happy and he regrets signing in Houston. I wonder where we're going to have a cow explodes and implodes and has no clue what to do to make this winning franchise. I wonder when we're going to have more Jack East to be headlines on how he's making his way up to uh, assistant CEO or something like that. Like it feels like this season is a perfect wrap up and explanation of how 2020 can go. And it's just very, and I hope none of these things happen per se, but I wouldn't have hoped any of these things would have happened at the beginning of the year, but we also discussed throughout time publicly and privately how we feel about Houston and our own um, our own thoughts about what's going on in Houston. And slowly but surely, things come out. And, and that's kind of some of the things that I'm wondering, will we ever see some of these transpire in the coming months? Speaking of coming out, are we ever going to see Zach Foden not play and get pulled? When are we going to see him get pulled? When are we going to see him come out of the game and not go back in? Because he's playing out of position and his confidence is clearly shot. Can't handle um, blitz pickups. Have a very difficult time handling stunts. And yesterday, the entire offensive line had major problems. I mean, I saw a play where Lamry Tunsil looked like he was fresh out of Ole Miss. Saw that 
Tyler Howard showed that, you know, he's, he can be very good in one moment, but, but then you can still see his development stage growing. And, and like I mentioned, the interior offensive line, uh, they had a, a terrible day. And, and I mean, I, the petition to get Mike Devlin out of here should have started several weeks ago, but he's still coaching for the Houston Texans. But um, just, it's a bad day for the offensive line. On offense, that's the only thing we could break down is this offensive line. I mean, look at the wide receiving core. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of promise with the receiving core, even with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you talked about the amount of weapons he had, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, um, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb. None of those guys were out there on the field. I mean, as we know, Kenny Stills is never possibly he would never ever put on another Houston Texan jersey. But this offensive line, my God, John. You talked about the possibility of Zach Fulton, you know, getting pulled. I saw people on Twitter even tweeting us talking about, you know, why can't the Houston Texans get rid of Zach Fulton? I mean, at the end of the day, this is a guy who's going to be making close to $4 million next season. So I don't know if whoever the new general manager is going to be, I don't know if they're going to be able to move him. Um, I don't know no team outside of the Houston Texans who would be willing to pay Zach Fulton that type of money. The offensive line was just terrible. And I'm, I'm very afraid to see whoever they bring in as general manager, how they're going to build this team and how they're going to make it better. Because you take a look at, we all know the secondary need help. The defense need help in general. But this offensive line needs to be re revamped. You know, I'm not going to harp on Laramie Tonsil too much because I think he just had a bad day, the same as Titus Howard. But with little to no money heading into the offseason, how can you fix up this offensive line as well as fix up the amount of holes you have on the defensive side of the ball? So it's looking like we're going to be stuck with this old line again next season. Which is really right. A good GM and head coach coming in and changing and creating their own uh, atmosphere and culture is very important in this offseason. Uh, I do want to speak on really quick, not to harp on it, but how irresponsible it was to put Deshaun Watson back in the game. Cody, you mentioned earlier that in the presser, he wanted to finish in the game, but you have to be responsible as an interim head coach and not put him back in. Uh, also, every coach from this current roster should not return next year. Uh, in the year of COVID-19 and the quote-unquote self-entitled veteran year, this was also an experiment year. First time DC with Anthony Weaver, who I like what he tries to do, but it's just not working out for whatever reasons or variables some may want to use. Danny Bar Barrett, the uh, running back coach, who, you know, he's kind of put in between a rock and a hard place when he was dealt a David Johnson, who is not good anymore. And more importantly, his backs have to run behind an offensive line that is coached by Mike Devlin, who we've never seen him uh, have broke with an offensive lineman here in Houston. Never seen an offensive lineman come to Houston and grow if they was not already good under Mike Devlin. Outside linebackers coach, Chris Rump, and a secondary coach, De'Anton Lynn, are simply not good at what they want to accomplish. And the outside linebackers kind of speaks right back to what we have mentioned with who? Whitney Merciless. Not good this year. Not good at all. And, and, and De'Anton Lynn, God bless his soul, you know, he's the son of Coach Anthony Lynn in, in L.A. for the Chargers, he's having a bad time. Dealt bad hand, understand all that. But whatever you're doing is not working. And the Texans, 
experimented by making Weaver a DC, giving Lynn that promotion, bringing Rump in the season after you had Kansas City on the ropes. That's just poor management. All of those new guys in new positions when you had Kansas City, the Super Bowl champs on the ropes is very poor management. And to do that is a prime, in the prime of Deshaun Watson is completely foolish. Don't be foolish and not subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. Friendly, happy-go-lucky guy. Tweet me anything as long as you're not taking it too far. We can talk sports, music, movies, and when I'm having a good time and I'm feeling nice, we can talk a little about a little bit more. You know what I mean? If you get my drip, I'm talking about work because I work a lot. <laughs> I am done some sports guy Hickman, and I can't do this show without my boy. Cody Davis, John, man. Sometimes you be out here wilding. <laughs> I like to have fun. I understand. I understand. Um, but with that being said, please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. I'm going to go cry in the car. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.